The Chasing Legends podcast is proud and excited to bring on a new partner you've probably heard of if you film your hunts, Fourth Arrow, which is located just north of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Fourth Arrow has by far the best selection and most durable camera arms on the market. So whether you've been filming for years or just dipping your toes in the filming game, Fourth Arrow has the camera arms to fit your filming needs. Fourth Arrow is not just camera arms, though, as it is also home to Winscent and Final Rest products. Winscent is an electronic scent vaporizer that turns liquid scent into vapor. You can use the scent as an attractant or a cover scent. I myself have been using Winscent for a number of years now as a cover scent, and it's helped me fool the nose of many downwind whitetails over the years. Final Rest is a leader in shooting rest innovation for all of your different hunting setups. So this hunting, this gun season, whether you're hunting from a ladder stand, a pop-up blind, or a fixed blind, Final Rest has a shooting rest that will meet your needs to ensure you're making a lethal shot when the moment of pursuit of truth presents itself. Visit fourtharrow.com today and check out their wide selection of camera arms, wind scent products, and shooting rests. Fourtharrow.com. Check it out. Another partner of the Chasing Legends Outdoors podcast that will help you ensure success in the field here in the final weeks of the season is The Vitals Live. The Vitals Live is a premium learning platform that facilitates collaboration among the experts to efficiently present the information that is crucial to success, success and safety in the field. The Vitals Live is going to provide access to the real experts, experts such as Zach Farinball from The Hunting Public. Dan Infault from The Hunting Beast, John Eberhardt, Andy May, Garrett Prawl, and many more. All, in, all these experts all in one place to provide the vital strategies and best practices to help you better prepare for this season. Better yet, these are all live presentations that you as the audience can interact with and ask your own questions to get answers from the true experts. Think of it as an online version of a hunting seminar or training session. But if you can't attend the live seminar, the all-access plan will allow you to watch the recordings of the seminars. So whether you're a beginner looking to get into whitetail hunting or you're an experienced whitetail hunter and are looking to advance your skills and knowledge in the field, become a member of The Vitals Live today. Go to thevitalslive.com and select a basic or all-access membership to start attending the trainings of the best experts in the whitetail world. The Vitals Live. Check it out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chasing Legends Outdoors Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Crawford. We've been on a two and a half week sabbatical. Our last episode was earlier in the month of November. Had Robbie Enslin on the line talking about our Missouri hunt. I have a feeling I'm going to have Robbie back on the podcast, along with a bunch of other guys in December, uh, to tell more stories. Robbie shot a giant northern Michigan buck, a couple of the other past guests um, that we've had on the podcast have had great years, and I'm glad somebody is because I definitely am not. Um, You know, I don't want to call it a bad year because I have had some really cool encounters. Uh, Just nothing's come together for me yet, and it's been frustrating. I've actually taken a couple day break from hunting uh, just to kind of like re-energize myself, freshen up my mind a little bit, and get back after it as we enter in the final week of gun season here in Michigan. And obviously, we still have December left. And what we're going to talk about today is is what we have left and what we have left to look forward to. Uh, I feel like a lot of guys, especially my buddies and the people that I've surrounded myself with that are from Michigan, 
you know, once November 15th hits and that Orange Army comes out, a lot of guys kind of lose confidence. The spark isn't there anymore that it was October 1st. But I think it's a great time to kill a really good buck here and as we enter in toward Thanksgiving and even muzzleloader season. And, you know, Michigan, yes, it is tougher to kill a mature buck the later you get into the year because of how high the pressure has been. Those deer have been just pressured, pressured, pressured for the last seven weeks, um, whether it's public or private. But I definitely think you can get the job done. A lot of it's weather involved, hoping for colder, colder temps. But we're going to talk about strategies as we enter in this post rut phase where you know it's still rut here we are november i think it's november 21st there's still a lot of time left there's still a lot of does that are yet to go into heat and they'll be coming into heat which will get bucks on their feet we'll talk about that but just you know a little recap on what i've been up to obviously the last episode we had robbie and i were talking about our missouri trip so i got back from the missouri trip I was home three days to bow hunt in southern Michigan, and then we went up to deer. I went up with my dad to deer camp uh, up in the northeast lower peninsula, Presqu'ille County, um, and we bow hunted there a few days. And then obviously the first couple of days of rifle season, we we hunted up there. And we came. Then I came back here, and I've been hunting for a good you know five or six. I went hunting for like five or six straight days. Uh, in southern Michigan, wasn't able to pull the trigger, but my dad, on the other hand, has pulled the trigger multiple times. Uh, if you go way back in the beginning of our podcast, a few episodes in, I had uh, had my dad on the podcast. A lot of people love to hear my dad tell hunting stories. I got a lot of good feedback from those podcasts, but uh, we had like a, my dad had what we called in the podcast in November to remember in 2019. Uh, he shot a really good buck in Missouri. This is back in 2019. First week in November, shot a, a really good buck in Missouri. Then we went out to Nebraska, and he shot a great whitetail out there. Uh, at that time, it had been his best whitetail. But then we came home to Michigan, and he killed the biggest whitetail of his life over Thanksgiving weekend. So we called it a November to remember. Well, my dad kind of duplicated that this year. I think we talked about it in the last podcast. He shot a nice ten point in Missouri. That was his first ten point. Remember, my dad's been hunt- my dad's sixty years old. He's been hunting for forty eight years. Had never shot a ten point. A lot of really big eight points. A lot of big nine points. Never killed a five by five. He got his first ten point in Missouri at the beginning of the month. I think it was November first, and then we came back. And like I mentioned, we went up north. <laughs> You know what? Let me let me let me rephrase this. Let me just kind of walk you through what I've been up to. Like I said, after Missouri, we came home. We hunted for three days. I'm trying to think if I had any encounters uh, those three days. I don't think that I did. I saw some good. I saw a couple good bucks. Nothing in range. Nothing happened. Nothing crazy happened those three days. I was in Southern Michigan. Um, really didn't see a ton of running action. So we went up north. In the past, the second week of November has always been a really good week of bow hunting up in up in northern Michigan at our deer camp. And uh, we really didn't see that. We I saw, you know, a year and a half old bumping around some does. I know I had a good buck chasing does behind me when I was in this really thick cedar swamp. Never actually saw the buck. Uh, 
My dad didn't see a shooter during those few days we bow hunted. Took a day off of hunting before the opener. Went out, obviously, on opening day of rifle season. I had a deer show. I was, I liked my spot. I was a mile and a half deep on the edge of the swamp uh, on our property. And I saw a deer, like, all day. I knew I was close to a bedding area. I had a feeling there was going to be a lot of late morning, midday movement. Saw a ton of year-and-a-half-old bucks. I think I passed up five year-and-a-half-old bucks. My dad was sitting over what we call our food plot stand. He's looking over uh, these three giant food plots that kind of butt up to this big bedding area. He had a deer show, as we expected. He saw like 25 deer, uh, a lot of year-and-a-half-old bucks. And then 4 o'clock, a doe came busting out of the bedding area into the food plot. And following her was a two and a half year old seven point. And you know, up at Deer Camp in Michigan, two and a half year old buck more than likely is going to get shot. And my dad shot it on the run at 90 yards and just tattooed it right in the shoulder. That it went down. It's my dad's second deer at Deer Camp. I've yet to fill a tag up at Deer Camp. It's our fourth year up here, up there. I'm, I'm starting to think that the property is cursed against me. Um, just because I haven't had a lot of good sits there. But other guys are. My dad killed a nice seven-point opening day. He was all fired up. Nobody gets more excited about opening day than my dad. It's that generation. They love opening day. Um, and I do too. I get very excited. I'm not at his level of excitement on opening day or rifle season. Uh, but it's really cool to see my dad have success on that day because he just loves that day so much. Uh, so he shot a seven-point. And then the second day... Uh, Jim, guy we that owns the property that we've been going up to deer camp with for a long time, passed up two eight points, two two and a half year old bucks, which is which is awesome. And hopefully those deer live and we're able to hunt those deer next year. We still might go up for muzzleloader season, and the deer I'm having, if a two and a half year old eight point walks up in front of me in northern Michigan, I'm gonna drop the hammer on it. But so I. You know, I didn't see much the second day gun season. We decided to come home. Uh, and this past weekend, Friday, I believe, like the 19th, uh, I told my dad to go sit on this big fence line. I was overlooking. So our property, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, a piece that we hunt in, in southwest Michigan, it threw us for a loop this year because our beans got cut and dissed under before the bow season even started. So there was like no food on the property and there was standing corn surrounding it. So it was really tough to hunt during bow season. But once that, that corn got cut, those deer became a lot more patternable because they were forced to come out of that corn. A lot of those deer were bedding in the standing corn and come onto our property and our primary bedding areas and they work out. They work out of those bedding areas, obviously to the cut cornfield, especially in the evening. It's definitely a, a great evening spot. And I told my dad we had the right wind. Go sit on this fence line that looks over, you know, our our thick bedding area, big primary bedding area that leads into this this cut cornfield. I said you're gonna have a deer show. And as we get into late November, I really like sitting close to food sources, and we'll get into that. But. Uh, so he did. He sat on this fence line. A couple of does worked their way out of the bedding area, started to make their way north to this cut cornfield. And one of those doors, does must have been hot because it got one of our target bucks, a buck that I targeted in July, three 
big three and a half year old, 10 point, got him on his feet out of that bedding area. Uh, and my dad laid the wood on him uh, with his 450. So my dad's tagged out in Michigan. He filled his Missouri tag. And it took him 48 years to kill a 10 point. And now he's killed two 10 points, you know, 20 days apart, which is really cool. I'm glad that he's had such a good season. Uh, and that is, you know, we, we kind of put into quality deer management practices at this, this piece, you know, probably 12 years ago. And it took a while to see the fruits of our labor. Now we're at, I think we're at five years in a row where we've killed at least a three and a half year old or older buck off that property, which is, you know, something we're proud of and something that's not easy here in Michigan. So excited for that, especially on a property that there's a lot of pressure around it. So whenever we're able to kill a three and a half or older buck, uh, very, very, very exciting. So me, on the other hand, I didn't have much luck this weekend. I am seeing a lot of deer. I passed up again, a passed up more year and a half old bucks than I ever have this year. I mean, I've always been passing up year and a half old bucks, but I've been seeing a ton of them. Uh, obviously in bowl season, I had a good encounter with a nice 10 point that all I needed him to do was take two more steps and he would have been dead. Uh, had a couple encounters in out in Missouri that we talked about in the last podcast, had a encounter with a really nice eight point, uh, on, a on the piece in Southwest Michigan, passed up some bucks on public land overall it's been a year a good year i've learned a lot just haven't been able to fill any tags left but we still have five weeks of the season left and five these next couple weeks i really think are are still really good weeks to to fill that buck tag and hopefully i'm able to do so at least one of them so i'm excited to get back out there and that's what we're going to talk about today is strategies in this post rut in late november that we can use over the next couple weeks to increase our odds of success if you're still trying to fill a buck tag or two. Whether you're in Michigan or really anywhere in the Midwest, um, a lot of, you know, I talk a lot about Michigan because that's where I'm at, where I do about 90% of my hunting. But I think a lot of these apply to whatever state you live in. And obviously, if they apply in Michigan, they might even be a little bit easier outside of Michigan where there's a lot more, you know, mature bucks and a little less hunting pressure. So, but post rut, let's talk about it. I, the number one thing I like to hunt over this time of year or hunt close to is a primary food source, whether that's a cut bean field, a cut corn field. If you have food plots uh, on your property, if you're hunting private land, anything close to a primary food source where the does are going to be is going to be a very quality sit or has a chance to be a very quality sit and you might be able to catch up, especially on a really cold night, a mature buck wandering into that, that food source, not only because he's looking for that, those last few does that are just getting into their cycle and going into heat, but also these bucks have been, we're in the third week of November. That means, you know, for 20 plus days, these bucks have been going, 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 really not thinking about eating, really not thinking about drinking, just trying to breed as many does as possible. And they are famished, they're run down, and they need, you know, to put calories back into their body. So they're really going to be on the feed here over these next couple weeks. And being on a primary food source or being close to one is kind of like killing two birds with one stone right now because, A, those bucks need to eat. 
after running ragged for, for three weeks or a month. Two, that's where the does are going to be. And we're still hunting does right now. We're, we want to be where the does are because, obviously, this time of year, does attract bucks. This is the time of year where I kind of go away from that down, get downwind of a doe bedding area and just wait. I don't think those bucks are cruising as much anymore. Uh, but they are going to be scent checking for does when they're coming out to, um, to feed. Not to say they're not going to be checking doe bedding areas. This is the time of year when that, those, especially those mature bucks, this is a great time of year. Those mature bucks want to breed all these does. So they're the ones that are really on their feet looking to breed and looking for these these last few does in heat so not to say you can't have success just sitting close to a bed downwind of a doe bedding area and seeing if you can catch a cruiser but i think you have higher odds of seeing bucks just sitting whether it's a funnel or a heavily used area leading to a primary food source or if you're sitting on a primary food source where a lot of does have been frequenting if you are seeing a lot of does on these food sources, you're eventually probably going to see a big boy on his feet looking for one of those does and or eating along with them trying to replenish everything that buck lost over these last three weeks of you know barely eating, barely drinking. Uh, so I really like to sit close to food sources this time of year. Also a great a, a great way to increase your odds of success is actively scouting and looking for fresh scrapes this is the time of year where bucks really like to circle back and start you see a lot more scrapes being made we obviously see a lot of scrapes and in mid-october leading into to pre-rut into you know halloween weekend they kind of slow down for a little bit but here in this back half of the rut though they start to freshen up those scrapes again and the reason for that is they're kind of getting back to normal deer activity where, you know, they're just running ragged these last three weeks, but now they're starting to get back to their normal activity of, you know, freshening up those scrapes, marking their territory, and communicating with deer. That's the the main reason for for scrapes is communication with other deer. Um, So you start to see a little bit normal activity. So I think a combination of, you know, if you can find a fresh scrape, like a community, a fresh community scrape, large scrape, in an area that's close to an evening food source, a primary food source, or maybe a, a pitch point or a funnel that leads from a, multiple bedding areas to a food source, uh, that could be a very, very hot spot this time of year. Uh, and but you know, also we have to, you kind of have to bring it back this time of year. This isn't you know, October. This isn't the peak of the rut. This isn't seeking and chasing phase. This is post rut. Deer activity is going to be lower. So you might sit in an evening food source and, uh, you know, cut cornfield that in late October, you were seeing 10, 15, maybe even 20 deer a night. You're not seeing that much anymore. I think for a couple reasons, obviously, I think does are, are kind of run down. They've been pestered by these does and these fawns have been pestered by bucks for about a month now. Um, so they're kind of wore out and really don't want to, you know, showcase, broadcast themselves in the middle of a field with, you know, the risk of getting bumped around again if they're already exhausted. And obviously bucks are worn out too. So they're really, 
the movement is less. There's not you're not gonna see a ton of deer activity, and I do think that these deer this time of year do, depending on the area, obviously. But I'm talking Michigan, South Michigan, primarily with a lot of ag, and these small timber blocks, smaller areas of primary bedding. Those a lot, of, especially does, are going to be bedding close to that food source. They want to just pop in, pop out. They don't want to cause a ruckus. They don't want bucks chasing them again. Everybody's wore out, so expect less deer activity. But I really still think you can have a very productive and very quality sit where you could potentially see or kill and kill a mature buck if you are in these areas that are heavily used areas leading to a food source sitting on an evening food source and or on a hot scrape around that food source uh because that's that's where the that's the these areas that deer are mostly using right now and i know i'm not talking too much about public land i don't think you're killing a a huge buck on a public especially in michigan on a public land you know cut cornfield um so that's when you really got dig in, do some scouting and look for those, you know, those funnels and those areas that lead from bedding to that evening food source. Deer are getting back into their normal routine, but you're looking for that hot sign, hot box, buck sign, tracks and scrapes leading to an evening food source. Probably not going to kill him in the daylight on that food source, but you could kill him on his way to it, close to his bed. So, Kind of getting away from rut tactics. It's still the rut, but we're kind of getting back into that normal deer activity tactics of you know mid late October, where you're getting closer to bedding areas, hunting food sources, and looking for for scrapes, for fresh scrapes, where these bucks are kind of fresh opening up these these scrapes that they were probably hitting a lot in the October months and got away from for for three weeks. Um, and getting back into that normal deer activity, that fall activity that, you know, kind of goes away from from what they do in the rut. Um, also, you know, this is the time of year that on trail cameras you start to see kind of who survived. A lot of, you know, I think that you have a really good chance of, you know, the rut's so unpredictable. And I think the best chance to kill a buck you've been watching all year, if you have a target, couple target bucks, best chance to kill them if you don't kill them in the early season is that first you know seeking and chasing period of november but once they once they breathe their does in their area they usually venture off well come late november early december they start to venture back onto their home turf so those bucks that were calling your property home turf um during the late summer, early fall months, start to make their way back, you can kind of get an idea of an inventory, see, you know, who survived. And, uh-oh, this guy really hasn't shown up yet. Um, but that's a that's a that's that's for another discussion. We'll talk about that in our December tactics, which will be in next week's podcast. Um, we're going to have a couple – I'm looking forward to a couple of podcasts we have coming up. Uh, I'm going to have another Michigan roundtable with a bunch of Michigan stories, with a bunch of Michigan guys. There are a lot of our past guests have had unbelievable whitetail seasons, and I want to get them back on to share their stories. Um, I'm not going to, you know, not going to give a hint of who I'm having on. I'm not going to hint at their stories. I just going to say 
A lot of guys I've had in the podcast in the past year filled tags on unbelievable bucks in the Michigan and on out-of-state trips. So I want to have them back on the podcast and tell their stories. So we'll get back onto that. But that's all I really want to talk about today. Here we are going into the last the last week in November. A lot I feel like a lot of a lot of people I know and just from being around a lot of hunters over the years, especially in Michigan, we kind of lose hope after the first couple of days of rifle season, shotgun season. But you can still kill a good buck. You just have to hunt a little bit differently than you did the first half of November. Uh, again, bullet point what we talked about, sitting close to evening food sources, finding those fresh opened up scrapes that maybe haven't been touched in a few weeks. We're getting hit hard in October. Those should start to open back up as deer get into, back into natural activity, deer activity. Don't expect a lot of deer activity um, just because there are a lot of deer that are worn out, but those food source sits or areas that lead to, to primary food sources in the evening can be really hot spots to find that buck, A, going to replenish his body because he's worn out, and B, scent checking the does that are hitting that uh, food source to uh, see, you know, catch that last couple does that are going into heat. I think this is a time of year where bucks get really aggressive because that those last one or two does that are in heat, more than likely there's going to be one, more than one or two bucks vying for those does. And this is the time of year where you can see a lot of bucks fighting. A lot. I, I I do like to rattle this time of year because I think it draws attention. It's kind of a normal thing, you know. You have, depending on your piece of property or the public land you're hunting, but you're going to have, you know, X amount of bucks in the area and only a couple does are going into heat late this late. A lot of bucks buying for those does. This is where you kind of, this is the time of year even in Michigan where, you know, I, I talk with buddies and it's like, you know, you don't see a lot of that aggressive fighting in Michigan. There's just not a ton of mature bucks, but if there are a couple mature bucks in the area, this is the time of year you're going to see them really duking it out for those last few does that are running into heat. So it can be a very fun time to go sit. Um, definitely more, I, I lean more toward, toward evenings this time of year. And as we go into December, we'll talk about that, but, um, uh, Good luck out there. Hopefully fill a tag. It, the weather looks, the, the forecast looks really good. Um, not not the snow that I was kind of hoping for, but colder temps and uh, high pressure for the most part. I mean, I'm looking at the, the pressure over the next couple of days is going to be outstanding. It does dip. It's very normal for the, the back half of November, but it's not like low pressure. Um, so that Higher pressure combined with colder temps. I'm seeing a lot of highs in the mid 30s, lows in the mid 20s. Um, those are the kind of those are those are buck killing temperatures this time of year. Those temp those colder nights are gonna force these deer to go hit those food sources and replenish their body. So should be a couple. I'm expecting to see a lot more Instagram pictures of you know gripping grins over this back half in November. Hopefully, I have one myself, but you know. Killing deer is not what it's all about. It's about going out, enjoying the outdoors, and if you can fill a tag or two along the way, it's just a bonus. So with that being said, get out there, hunt hard, stay safe, stay wild. Have a good one.